0: For listening to Black Women Are Scary, the podcast that celebrates people of color writing horror. We're trying something new this year and following up our story episode with our author conversations. Our featured author this month is Ebele Mougo, author of Omarili. So let's lean in and listen to some scary Scary
1: black Black women. women.
0: Uh, so I'm gonna dive right in, uh, so I can be mindful of your time. This has been great, like just hearing you speaking about all the different languages that you know and are learning, um, and about that you speak Ubo. So you are from Nigeria. Yeah, I'm from Nigeria. All right. So, and you mentioned that growing up in Nigeria, you um, there's a lot of horror stories that influenced you Mm. while growing up from operas to Nollywood movies and and your family. Uh, Were there any common archetypes in these stories and do you use them
2: in your work? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, First of all, I'm just going to say thank you for the interest in interviewing me. Of course. Uh, And it's very nice to meet you as well. So thank you. Um, in terms of the archetypes growing up, so I was thinking about this a little bit. I didn't get to really think about it as much as I thought I would. Like I didn't have as much time. But I was thinking about it and a few things that came to my mind. Um, I think one of this is definitely like just the oral, I don't know what to call it, maybe folklore that's just passed down from, you know, from generation to generation. So mm-hmm. when I was growing up, my dad used to tell me a lot of so stories. They weren't, they weren't all horror, but there were definitely some stories that, you know, adults would tell you. And they tended to have this theme of like, um, what would I say? I think a lot of them had a theme of like justice or like uh, the that things come around, right? So, yeah. you know, there might be a story of like kids going into a forest and one of them is, you know, they see an old woman and they, they don't know like, you know, one of them is good to the old woman, and one of them mean to the old woman, and or maybe she gives them, and then mm. anyway, I, I, I'm messing it up because I don't remember the <laughs> whole <no> story. <laughs> but like I remember, there was a story where like a kid, um, he didn't know this old woman. He came across her. He, I think he ignored her and was mean to her. It turned out like she had this basket, but then the basket she gave him was like a basket of diseases. versus oh this that person that <laughs> This other one that had been nicer and then she gave him a basket of things and then he returned home and then he had all this, you know, well, he brought it back to the family. Um, There were things like that, stories like that, they would often involve like animals and the animals had different um, sort of personas, right? So like if the turtle showed up in a story, you know that the turtle is going to be very cunning, right?
1: Because
2: um, mm. the church was the one that was always like trying to outsmart people and it would start, you know, to start. Um, it will start like I think the odds are stacked against it, and somehow it will find a way to like get whatever the prize is. So there was that. There were there was that, and then I think there was then some stories that formed around the changes that were happening in our society, like you know. People going to school, people going to live in the cities. So we had like this very scary stories in boarding school because a lot of people would go oh. to boarding school for secondary school, which is like grades. Oh, really? Grade seven to twelve. Yeah,
0: that was just a common.
2: Everybody yeah, did was, that. Not everybody, but it, especially when um, the now things have changed a bit. But when the federal schools were much more resourced, that I'd say. People tend to go to federal secondary schools and you could get posted anywhere, right? So, yeah. I, so I I got posted to um like a town. It was quite remote. I mean, very, it was like a remote town and it, it was almost... Go ahead.
0: When you say get posted, you mean like you could just get sent to whatever school? It wasn't necessarily a boarding school that was near your home?
2: Yeah, so you, you would choose like... Oh. Yeah, no. That's still so, scary. <laughs> it, no, it definitely it, it definitely was. Like when I tell the stories, I realize how different it is. But you could get, po- you choose like your first choice and your second choice, right? So okay. then, if you're lucky, you might get your first choice. Maybe your first choice is when you know someone. Like mm-hmm. maybe your cousin goes there, or yeah. you might get your second choice. Um, I don't remember which, but I went to boarding school for one year and then. I ended up going, we moved to a different town and I just, then we went to a, a private school. So you could go to any of the, you could go to a boarding or private, but boarding is quite common. Mm. It's at least as common as, as private going to mm. private. School.
0: And it doesn't, it's not expensive. Because here it's like, if you wanted to have some, that, kind of, that kind of experience, you have to pay a lot of money to to do that. Yeah. That's why it it's, there's public been, school, because it's free.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. So it wasn't, so the, the federal schools, And some of the state schools were actually the public schools. Oh, interesting. And I think why they did that was, so Nigeria is very complicated. We have different ethnic groups. We have like a history of war. We came from the British colonization. right? So there's a point where they created these unity schools. And the idea was that it would give people a chance to experience other ethnic groups. Mm. And then you kind of have a chance to... I guess, to, you know, Unixy. They were trying to create this national Unixy. so right. I think that's why they, they started um, doing that. But yeah. Anyway, so when you went to the boarding school, huh. there's a lot of stories. because, Of course, because you're there by yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. Like boarding
0: school is the same in Nigeria as it is in other places where you get sent, your parents aren't there. You don't go home. You yeah. like live exactly. at the school, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Exactly. Rife
0: with the opportunities to tell
2: uh, scary
1: stories to yeah. each other.
2: But the thing is, like, we didn't know, like, we didn't think, oh, it's not real. We thought these were real things that were happening, hmm. right? So, like, there was there would be the story of um, there's a, one across all the schools, like, there's this lady called Madame Koi Koi, hmm. and Koi Koi is like the sound of her shoe. So she walks around and she wears like high heels, and they make the sound Koi 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 Koi, uh-huh, Koi right? Okay. And she's supposed to be, I don't know what happened. I think she forgot something or she lost her baby <laughs> in the school, <laughs> in the school. So they said like her ghost used to come around every night, right? Mm-hmm. And if you hear like, when here, like you hear this koi koi sound, right? So that was like almost like a universal like story in different schools, right? And
0: what does she do when she comes around? Does she is she gonna take you? Is she gonna? I honestly do? don't
2: know. Like I think it just <laughs> she was just like it's just gonna be there like, exactly and here, a Lady that from years ago, like I don't know, many decades ago, she's still trapped, coming back for something, wearing a high heels shoe and being a ghost. Like that was scary enough. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, it's amazing. The whole story amazing. <laughs> Do you
0: know La Yorona? Do you know that one? No, I don't. So that's a woman whose children drowned, and okay. you know, and then I think she she drowned soon after. She was ber- like overcome with sorrow, and that's how she died. Oh wow! Um, but she's near water, so if you're in near water at night yeah. and you hear crying, it's it's her, and she's yeah. always looking for her kids. So she'll come Uh, in and, like, get you and take her, take, take you with her because she wants, because she's always just looking for her kids. Yeah. So she'll just take a kid. But I think it's interesting, the idea of, like, a woman in a place who makes a sound, whether it's the heels or the crying, and that's how you know, like, she, and she wants to snatch children. That's why I was like, oh, did she lose a kid? Because then it sounds like this thing over here, like,
2: yeah. and that's, I don't know, the similarities. Yeah. I wonder. I know. I know. I saw a podcast where someone was telling like a lot of this old, like, very yeah. African story that I, I I subscribed to it a long time ago. I'm going to go listen to the story of Madame Koi Koi and try to remember what what was so her did, thing. Does is.
0: Madame Koi Koi like play any or are these kinds of stories? And what is the role they play in in your work when you're writing?
2: Yeah. Um, good question. I don't know. Well, it depends on the story, right? Mm. But I think that one thing they do for me is like the world was very alive. Mm. Um, And it's just like the sound, the sensations, the, the fear, everything just felt really visceral. Like even if you're watching like an old Nollywood movie, like... I don't know how to explain it. It's not like the quality would be very good. It would be like, cause people were doing like it on low budgets, but I yeah. remember that feeling of just this story. Everyone talking about the story, you're listening to it at night. Maybe the power is gone because like the power is not constant and mm. just that visceral feeling. And I think that when I write, I sometimes it's almost like I'm trying to go to that place that's, that's alive in a sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I think that's something that that it does for me. yeah.
0: Speaking of Alive, mm-hmm. your story, Omali, mm-hmm. um, has this wonderful moment where we get to hear from the perspective of the river, mm-hmm. which I was not, I did not see it coming. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, hear you speak a little bit about that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious how you knew the river was a woman. It's already, I mean, that's when I, I feel like I know we answered that, but I want to hear what you would say. And then the, just the choice to to do that in the middle of a, of a story of like, now you're going to hear, we'd be talking about everyone's experience with this river and now you're going to hear from yeah. the perspective of the river.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um I honestly, I don't know if it was a conscious decision because mm. I sat down and I wrote that story, and it just felt like it was just flowing. And then I almost didn't submit because it because just I was like, I just sort of went somewhere, you know, like mm. I, just, I just let it come, and then I was like, you know, this is a bit. I was like, I was almost thinking, hmm, this just be a bit different. And I was like, should I submit something? <laughs> so I don't know if I had a conscious thing, but I think I was trying to take the story to a place where it wasn't so, like, um, hmm. I wanted it to tap into something else. I wanted it to tap, it to tap into like, me, like more something, almost something in a, a deeper place in the psyche, I think. And I also... Explaining this idea because if we're talking about climate and, our, and the environment, I think there's a big. It also requires sort of a different relationship, right? A different relationship with ourselves as human beings in relationship to the ecology, right? So, mm-hmm. I think I was um, yeah, I just sort of I don't know I can't really give a like a a, a clear reason, but I think I just wanted to go to a different space to to explore that, but. When I was talking to my mom about the story, because Omali oh is actually a real uh, stream. I haven't been there, actually, but, but my oh. mom used to go there a lot. I think we have parked by it, but when she was young, they actually used to go and fetch water there. Mm-hmm. And when she went, when they used to go there, she told me that they actually, the, who, let's say there was an old, um, I think you said like an old woman or someone, whoever was taking them there. Mm -hmm. would usually have them like greet the river. So I think they would have to make a sound or something in the morning before they went there. And so I think it's just this trying to find a way to write about relating to nature, but trying to find a different entry point to do that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And in terms of making it a woman, um, I think for me, I just tend to like to use that as the, um, what will I say? I think sometimes it's my, my little act of resistance as well. because I think <laughs> I, I'm like, it's my story. I can make anything, you know, I can make anything a woman. So sometimes I make things that maybe people just assume you know, it's male. I'll just make it a woman, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah.
0: No, I mean, yeah. I definitely consider rivers or any body of water to be female. Yeah. And when I was I, reading your story, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, it's a woman. And then I kind yeah. of start to think like, why did I assume that? Why do yeah, I assume? So, you know, yeah. but it, because we say Mother Earth, so yeah. the whole you know these are things that incubate and that give life and that are also complicated and dangerous. Yeah,
2: <laughs> All these things, yeah. so I do yeah, associate that with femaleness yeah, for sure. And I also think that like not not literally, but I think archetypally, there's a sense that like we're connecting with more of that maybe that that feminine way mm. of being in the world is also needed in the way that we think about um you know what even what the solution is or what the fix is but I was also playing with that idea mm. of fix and solution and yeah you know what if it's what if it's something else what if it's a different way of being and not just like one particular thing yeah I yeah that I'll, I'll I'll tend to see that as more archetypally like with my goal of uh, feminine um, and what I say, I don't know, way of being in a sense. Yeah.
0: yeah, or a feminine mm-hmm. perspective or matriarchal or, yeah. approach yeah. to problem solving, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely that moment in the story where it shifts and you get to hear the other side is just great. Mm-hmm. You don't know that it's going to be a duet and then it is. Mm-hmm. And it's exciting to hear what, what she has to say and how mm-hmm. she feels about it. And when you like, when you personified the river, mm-hmm. then our relationship to the land became very clear. And it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it was both, literal and metaphor you know in in the sense that like yes we do have an extractive relationship right now with the planet and that's bad but also we have an extractive relationship with women
1: Mm. and so it
0: kind of felt like those two things were happening it kind of felt it did feel like those two things are happening at the same time and you're using by gendering her female it's Mm. like you're highlighting both those things and how that is an imbalance Mm. and that's why this isn't working Mm. without ever actually saying that (laughs) just by having her have the second half of the story (laughs) like just her taking up all the space both on the page and then you know eventually in the city like it seems like that's what happened she took up space and then she took up space and she just kept taking up space and so that's how I was left feeling of like yeah like this whole thing is off and it'll be balanced if we stop treating people we start treating women this way we start treating the planet this way those two things are somehow connected and if Mm -hmm. we do one then we can do the other it's kind of where i was left like feeling like that was your solution Mm. even though like you didn't actually give me one yeah i enjoyed like you just like let me use my brain Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like make of it what you will (laughs) leave you with this think on it (laughs) I was like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. had she was a bit sad you're talking mm-hmm. about place and how important it is and, and the bus ride back home and it's like yeah she had to leave her home and go live in the city and then she sounded sad about that like she didn't really mm-hmm. like her city life and mm-hmm. that you know definitely made me think about like moving away from home and why we do or why I did and things that I miss mm-hmm. and, um, living in big cities and not necessarily being so happy because I grew up in a place where I had access to forest and trees mm. and where, have, where did you grow up I grew up in Portland Oregon which is in the northwestern part of the U.S. you know it's very green it's mm. a pine like it's forest so it's like pine trees and that kind of it's always raining it's kind of like fresh bark <laughs> mm. mud kind of yeah. smell you know um and uh, it's not a big city, so it was e- lots of parks, really easy to get to just nature. Very, very easy. It wasn't. It was really shocking when I moved out east and realized that like having access to trees was, um, was a, a like kind of a political act. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of East Coast cities, if you have access to green space, it's because you have money like only wealthy or well-off people or certain people get to have a park in their neighborhood yeah. get to like see nature and yeah. what that does to people you know um and also just after a while like what that did to me I'm just like I need to getting on the subway to go to like the Bronx Botanical Garden just any botanical garden because I was just like I can't like go this long without seeing natural thing like it's just too much electricity and brick and it's just like how are you and there's too many rats like what's how are you guys doing this but you know people who grow up in like big urban clusters like that they they're freaked out when they get to the woods they don't like the light they can't hear traffic they can't hear people they don't see you know there's bugs and they they like it's the opposite they become they're like scared of that so all of that kind of oh. was, I was thinking about that when I was reading this of just her wow. going, wanting to, needing to go back and being called and just how she was like doing well, but something was, she just, it's just like, she was just uncomfortable in in her urban life. And I was like, yeah. I know how you feel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know how you feel. It's like, it's fine. But you're like, it's like so itch. You can't. And you can't explain it to people who didn't grow up that way. Like she yeah. had these songs and dances that she was doing and then they don't do them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was profound too. Like the things that yeah. you do when you're a kid, like we would go running around, we would go to the river on the weekend with my family. Like, and then you forget, you start to forget. You don't take those kinds of trips cause you have to work and you live yeah. in the city now. Like you take on this other personality in a way. Yeah. Without
2: meaning to, mm-hmm. no, it's so. Um, yeah, it. it what you're talking about is just making me think. You know, of so many things. Um, and um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say. It 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 makes me think a lot. It makes me think of our trips to the village. The village is so much. it's everybody tells me stop calling it the village because it's it's now it's like a city, but. Oh, I us still call it the village because it's a village in our not mine. Like like uh, ancestral home, right? And you know, growing up we used to go a lot. We still go, but um now it's I think I think sometimes when you also just the way you looked at things in childhood and then when you become an adult, it's almost like there's just a, a difference, you know. And I, I think Yeah, the way you describe her just making me think of, like, the story all over again.
0: Yeah, it's that interesting, again, it's serving two purposes, right? Mm -hmm. So she lives in the city, but she used to live not in the city, you know, in something that was a little more connected to nature and what that Mm -hmm. did to her Mm -hmm. and the river having to call her back and what her return did not only for her, but then the river, but then the city, like it was like a domino effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, it's really about how do we, it got me to thinking about cities
1: mm. also as
0: well, not just your story, but all the stories in the anthology of like, we need to re-envision what a city is. Like, does it have mm. to be, there's no nature? <laughs> like, like, do we have to do that? Um, because it is in fact, not good for us.
2: Yeah, and it really makes a big difference. Like, I remember when I, I started just walking, you know, there's sort of the walking to just go somewhere. Mm. And then there's a time when I just did walking, just just coming up and walking, right? And I remember how it just, it's like, it's it, it just that connection to place. Like, it, yeah, it just makes you experience yourself differently, you know? Mm. Like, I work in public and I also say it's good for me. It's good for your mental health, but I think, like, it's not even in a very, like, clinical sense. It's in a very, like, I don't know, the whole self, you know, you remember. It's, almost, it's, um, so, yeah, it's that question of, um, kind of, you know, having a, I guess, a more transformative, embodied sense of relationship to, to place versus one that, um, just transactional, you know? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. It's that. Um, And also, I guess, not even just your sense of place, mm. but your place in it, if that makes any. Mm. Like, mm. she going back to the river, going back and performing the ceremony, like, doing the things that she did when she was growing up.
1: Mm -hmm. seemed
0: to also help her find her place like within her life and what Mm -hmm. she was doing. I I felt like that was also kind of the, you know, like a subtext and, and when people talk about, yeah, go into nature or forest bathing or anything like this, I think Mm -hmm. it's not just like, so that you have a sense of place, but so that you have a sense of place in this Mm -hmm. where, um, in a city it can be you know people will speak about how lonely and how displaced they can feel in a city and i think it's like yeah because there's nothing natural to anchor you anywhere so it's like if you're there it's not like you're there it's like you weren't there if you leave it's like who cares like <laughs> you're kind of a ghost because of because there's not these tethers um and that's not you know the experience that everybody has in the city. I know some people mm-hmm. who like they're in their cities and they do feel that, like what you're talking mm-hmm. about, that sense of like, like people who are like from Brooklyn are like I'm from Brooklyn, <laughs> and, they, and it's and it's strong. Um, but and I also think that has to do with like time. I think mm-hmm. there's also yeah. that you know you can have that if you stay in one place, but mm-hmm. with people being more transient, I think then. It, this is really hard if you don't have those like organic markers and you're moving around a lot then it's like you're mm-hmm. kind of everywhere and nowhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: now so much of our life is virtual. We really are everywhere and nowhere.
2: That's true. Right? That's true. <laughs> and I, I don't know why this came to my mind but I was thinking like those people who are from Brooklyn or, for, or for, from other places they are really connected and I think they would still have something that's that. Maybe it's like the food. Maybe it's like a place. Mm, it mm. tends to, it tends to be that place where, I don't know. It's it's not just, as in they're not. How do I say? It? It's 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 not just. Um, again, it's not necessarily just the transactional thing. Yeah, right. That that kind of, um, where they have like a reach a sense of themselves. Or yeah, like or we or always barbecue you know? at this spot. Yeah, or exactly. Something,
0: yeah, that's not like this electric thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, exactly. And I think mm. that like when and maybe that's what I was trying to do with the story. I think I was trying to spark something that wasn't necessarily like one solution but it was mm. more of a just this sense you know like a, like a taste bud that I was trying to, to play with yeah. Mm. yeah
0: so Africa is big and <laughs> there's a lot of people on it um and it makes up for a lot of the, the world's population mm-hmm. so how do you see that influencing and affecting the future of for storytelling?
2: Mm. I think or I, I hope that it would bring more um, richer different stories mm. to the world like I'm seeing you know say on Netflix I started to see like a, a lot of more you know African stories for yeah. example. And they bring some of them, I really like the ones that they take those stories, they take that kind of world. They don't, they kind of, um, I'm sort of done with all the. There's a lot about marriage and finding, a, you know, someone. <laughs> <all that>. Yeah. <laughs> like, Matchmaking. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that. But then there's some that it's like they're, they're playing with like some of the old stories or they or some of the stories we would recognize you know mm. but then they're they're kind of doing interesting new things with it and I think it's also a game for the world because I think sometimes like you know it I think it just enriches what's what's an offer so it's not the same old things that are being said and you can come into a different because all these things are playing with themes and I, I almost think of it like I don't know what I'm thinking of um, um there's this book um what's it called? Octavia Butler's *Lilith's Food.
0: Oh my god, I love <laughs> this book. I'm so happy you brought it up. Lo- that's like one of my yeah, so, favorite. That whole series.
2: Yeah. Is that that and, entire series? Yeah, I remember like when um, I found it so fascinating because when writing about things that we don't experience, but then. It's like you start developing the ability to experience those things. Like when I can't remember what she called those those people that adopted her Ooh. and just, i mean i thought the, it was uloi but yeah, like i don't really know exactly. like however you want to do it yeah. and then they like reach out their thing and mm-hmm. connecting with her and they change with her and when i was reading it's almost like i i to. it's almost like you start to experience it even though like it's not within yeah. like, your your human perception but it's like you start to have a sense of that and i think that that's what other stories can do like they sort of expand our our palette our taste but our perception and i think that we need Mm. it just enriches it enriches the the world and i really do like to talk about um kind of diversity or diversity from that sense point of view like Mm. i feel strongly that like it's not really anybody doing anybody a favor but it's any it's people seeing like People gain as in people actually being enriched and learning from what, you know, what Mm -hmm. it's almost like by telling just the same stories, people are being deprived when there's so much more that the world has to offer. And yeah, so that's what I'd say. I don't know if that answers your question. (laughs) It does.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm also looking at all the like new... Stories from all over Africa that are on Netflix. So I'm kind of like, huh? What's this? <laughs> what's yeah. this thing? What's the? I love learning about other people's boogeymen. So I, I yeah. I'm always watching scary stories from other places because I'm just like, oh. what? What's their? What are their monsters like? And yeah. how are their monsters oh. like mine or not like mine? Like sometimes it's oh. oh, it's the same thing, and then other times it's like that's complete. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. You know. And I think it's fascinating. Or I'm just like, oh, they have this thing. Um, just like when you told me the story of Madame Koi 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 Koi, and I'm like, oh, it's like you have a yorona, only she's in a boarding school that she wears heels because there's no water. But <laughs> but it's sort of the same thing. It's mm-hmm. Some woman always in the snatch of somebody's kid. Uh, I think that's just a way of making sure that you guys don't like play too much outside of your rooms at night, right? Like, isn't yeah, that really I what really it is? That's I what I think it is. I think I La Yorona is so we don't go swimming at night. Like, that's really, it's really just parents just trying to make sure you don't go into the water at night and, and have something bad it happen to you.
2: Works. Yeah, yeah, or like, it's it, yeah, but there was also sorry, story, there was this story about, there's one also common story. They say, like, if you look, um what they call it, if you put a mirror on the ground, in a market okay. and you look at it and you see people you'll see some people who actually if, if you're looking up there they have feet. they're walking like normal people but when you look at the mirror their feet aren't touching the ground and that's how you're gonna know that they're ghosts
0: <laughs> so. Oh, so it's like a way to detect who's but they don't look at wait so if you don't have the mirror
2: they but just I'm not like really people, sure. like I don't think anyone's gonna go and put like a mirror on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I totally want to try this now. Since <laughs> in a market, just like let's see who's really serious. here. Right? Right? So, like as a kid, you just be like, "Wow!" Ah, like, you yeah. know, I think we'll just talk about these things like in past like, you know. But, that's
0: really interesting, the use of the mirror, because I feel like that's also recurring a lot where mirrors are not mm. seen as reflective surfaces but they're seen as doorways i feel mm-hmm. i see that a lot across the you know if you think a candy man mm-hmm.
1: i don't know if you
0: saw the most recent candy man um it
1: uh
0: it was directed by nia nia da costa um yeah, i feel like it the and it was produced there, produced by monkey Paw, so jordan peele's Oh. Uh, company. This yeah. was like already a couple years ago, or yeah, yeah, because this was twenty twenty one.
1: Oh, okay. but the yeah,
0: use of so the use of the mirror in that because mm. Candyman is is yeah. someone you summon. You have to look in the mirror and say his name, mm. and then he comes from that side. So there was a lot of like reflections and shots where you see what's happening, but it's because the camera's facing the mirror and the thing is actually happening over here or like you don't like stepping through and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and just, I feel like I see that a lot where you, it looks one way here and then you look in the mirror and then you see what's really happening.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I guess uh, everybody, everybody thinks that mirrors are spooky.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and it's sense sort of what things really, what things appear to be versus what they are, you know?
0: Right, right.
2: Tracing. They're making about you think about, you know, like, I like, you know, I think that's the thing when, like, you when you look at something that is almost, like, normal in one culture, you, you, you know, take a step back. you start thinking about, like, but why or why the story or where did it come from or, you know.
0: Yeah, where did it come from or how is it similar to, like, that's yeah, the part, things, you know, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. I recognize that. We do yeah. it like, this way or I've seen it over here where they do it this way. And then you start to see, like, <sighs> there's, like, little differences, but at the end of the day, we do all Trying to tell this t- same story, yeah.
2: <laughs> like... And over the holidays, someone was telling me about some of the stories they also had in the Caribbean, right? And mm. it's so interesting, like some of the ideas that maybe stayed or that changed, or you know, it's like mm. yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like so... I've had a lot of conversations about the stories and horror and things like that recently. Oh, yeah. It's making me oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Mm. I don't know. I think you know. I'm not sure because I, I've had it with you, and I I had, I had it with someone about the holidays because they were showing me like some of the um more of the folktales um, folk tales, from, um folk tales from the Caribbean, and they were asking mm. me if we had them as well. And i yeah, did. yeah, so like yeah. A conversation. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I know so, that. Yeah. I know those games where you're like, "Do you have this? Do you guys have that?" <laughs> like, um, and then you know, as people live together, like I didn't really grow up with chupacabra, but. Then, when I moved to the East Coast, because that's also a Caribbean okay, I feel like that's a Caribbean story, the chupacabra, which is this oh, like even,
1: creature
0: so. that kind of like a goat creature thing that I guess it will eat you. It's a um, monster that will grab you, and I guess it'll eat you. Yeah. I've seen many different or I've heard people say talk about the chupacabra in lots of different ways. Yeah. um. And I think that, and that, that was not something that I grew up with, but like now I feel like it's kind of mine just because I've been Part on this of coast for so long that I'm like, yeah, the Chupacabra, even though it's not really like, I don't know if the Mexi- Mexico really has Chupacabra. <laughs> like yeah. there's just a little gulf of Mexico between us and then, you know, so it's not like that much space. <laughs> yeah, um, dividing, so, and there's so many moments, you know, in, in the U.S. where those, again, you have the diaspora that then like, meshes Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: comes up with like new weird monsters that Mm -hmm. that you know are a little bit of this a little bit of that um which I always think that's that's fun too when that happens um Mm -hmm. so I don't know if this would even Omali is is really a horror story necessarily um it's definitely a magical story I feel Mm. um and there are scary parts in it. I mm-hmm. you know, my podcast Black Women Are Scary, we stretch that genre as much as we can. We like to get into mm-hmm. like the subgenres and things um to really challenge you know the mainstream definition of what horror is. Yeah. Especially as you have other cultures and other perspectives coming in and talking about what's scary for them, mm-hmm. which may be different for what's scary for you. And it's like, well, that's the point. Like you were saying, you get to learn and be enriched. Mm-hmm. So what, but it definitely only does fall under speculative fiction. So I'm interested in like what other genres in speculative fiction would you wanna, are you interested in tackling next?
2: Mm-hmm. Good question. <laughs> I mm. think I'm getting very interested in, um, something like there's two parts of my brain. I feel like they're to talk to each other and i'm getting really interested in a lot of the technological changes that are happening mm. like in the world um so like chatgpt G- for example yeah. Um, yeah i was chatting with it and i was just trying to see you know what can it do what can it not do and it's just so, i think there's just so much going on in terms of technology how we how we as human beings interact with it and that change mm. it and I don't know if we we uh, are always aware of how like how much is already shaping our sense of self, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's more coming. Like I was, I was using. A podcast where they're talking about how, at some point, you know, like where you could take um, DNA editing technology, and it just mm. really think about, like, you know, because like your your DNA is like your history, right? And yeah, it's interesting if you know sometimes let's say they were to edit it to remove like maybe a long term disease or something like that, and. I don't know where, sort of, what I'm going to write. Sorry, I feel like I'm winding around. No, no, I love but, it. <laughs> but I think that is where my mind is. It's sort of that interior. I, I like to write about things that take people sort of to a very interior part of, of mm. the, the mind. And I'm also interested in sort of this technological innovations. And I think something intersecting those two would be would be interesting to me mm.
0: um would it necessarily be uh, magical or spooky or is it are you thinking more like non-fiction oh uh, I
2: think it probably would be a story um I'm not sure but I I, I can see it being a oh, to be honest I don't know yet because mm. I try to I feel like I'm always trying to to write and it's mm. like I'm not always very good at like making the time to but I always try <laughs> to write, to write.
1: <laughs> ah
0: yes everybody has that problem <laughs>
2: we all have that problem <laughs> like, I'm like oh gosh I've written a lot I feel like that's my relationship with writing sometimes yeah. but I I see like a, I love short stories a lot and I would love to explore just there's just a lot happening mixing some of those kind of Um, stories that or that sense of I don't know that those archetypes in that I'm familiar with or I grew up with and then looking at sort of the changes happening in the world and maybe something where they come together together.
0: yeah Yeah, I mean the advances in tech have been the fastest Mm. when you think of if you look at you take the history of your country, like how long mm-hmm. from to get from point A to point B, like from mm-hmm. farming, you know, from being nomadic to farming to mm-hmm. having, you know, electricity and indoor plumbing and like just these kind of advances that lead, you know, led to like modern quote unquote society for people, for everybody mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. And the length of time it took between, you know, that, that
2: mm-hmm.
0: and compare that to just how long it took to go from nobody having a computer to having to have a computer to go to work, people having landlines to everybody having a cell phone. Like that happened yeah. really, really fast. Yeah. You know, but the
2: interesting thing is how, like, there's some places where not even everyone had landlines, but all of a sudden everyone has a lot of phones, you know.
0: Yeah. Like that's yeah. like skipping those steps, yeah. you know. Like I feel yeah. like when I read about, okay, so even if I just look at like, New York City, right? Like Mm. people who are from Brooklyn to just bring it all the way back around to that. (laughs) People who are (laughs) born and raised in Brooklyn um, for, you know, more than one generation will still have family members and maybe they will still call Manhattan the city. Mm -hmm. Like Mm. that's New York City because for a long time that was, for a really long time, Manhattan Mm. was New York City and the boroughs were not if you lived in Brooklyn, you didn't live in the city. You lived in, it was like living in New Jersey, you know? It was akin to that. And it was working class, middle class houses and farmland. Like some of it didn't even have people on it. Um, And so just the quickness with which that changed. And now, you know, you've got people who, Brooklyn is the reason they moved to New York. Right. Like that's like where it's at, where it's like there was a time not that long ago where like people tried to leave Brooklyn and move to Manhattan. It was like that was like the thing, you know, and just like how fast that went down or and there's no like steps really in between. Like it just feels like you said, like there was no landlines and then everybody had a, has a computer in their pocket. Like that's a huge That's a huge gap, you know? And so to move that fast and not to do it incrementally, I think is to your point of like writing stories about it. It's like, yeah, that's where the danger is because we don't know what this happened too fast. We have zero time to reflect on what it means that we have all this knowledge at our fingertips. We've no idea what this is doing to us. Like social media is new. We don't yeah. know what that's doing to our brains or the way we communicate. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: we haven't had time to sit and stop and like look back at it compared to like, I don't know, just the time people had between the telephone and the television. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there was like time to like
1: yeah.
0: think about one kind of technology before the new one came. And I don't think
2: I don't feel like I've had that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's been l lo- there's been a lot. It's been a lot. Ah, I feel like I was going to say something. I lost my dream. of thought, what you said about kind of going from one technology to, one... oh, I, I, what I was going to say was that I think that we often have to do it retrospectively now, right? It's like the thing yeah. happens and then we're we'll like, oh, actually, this, you know, we, we need to put this on it. But at the same time, I feel like it also, it, it's like, ah, because this, I can't, I'm i trying to remember this Come um, this, I was reading a book. It was like by this black. I think it was a philosopher, or the, a theologian, and he was talking about um kind of black transhumanism. And essentially, mm. he was talking about how, what does it mean to think about like liberation in the context of like us being human being so like in relationship with technology, mm. but. What it really made me think about just how much like our sense of self, like like i'm I'm looking at the computer right now, but I'm having an an experience that's like a human experience, right? Yeah, yeah, or you might go online somewhere and if you travel, maybe you travel back to where you're from, even though you're not where you're from, but you're traveling there. And those kinds of things that like technology, um it's, it's making me think about our conversation about like mirrors that's portals just, yeah
0: like, oh like it totally feels like a portal technology.
2: I yeah. mean it is a
0: portal right like I can there, that's like the good part of technology like mm-hmm. that's like the fun part is that I can like jump into this other world without actually having to like figure out how to pay to get on a plane to get there <laughs> like yeah. or like have to deal with passports or maybe it's a a passport situation like I, I'm not even allowed into that place but I can I can still like open a door, open a mirror, a window into that place
1: mm-hmm.
0: through this device, which is both like has been really good, and I also think it's been really awful for for our species, like for humans. Um, I just think we we haven't really thought about how we don't think about how we're incone- interconnected, even when and then this makes us even more interconnected, interconnected, and we haven't even thought about it <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's like yeah. but we weren't thinking about it beforehand before yeah. this came in and now this like amped that up like I'm so connected to people that it's like
2: uh, yeah I know right do You're like, do I wanna, is this what I want I mean actually I, I have a lot of those things just like how do I want to use this now <laughs> and
1: like yeah you
2: know so Yeah, like you're saying,
0: retrospective, like, okay, I'm here now. Now, what do I want to do after? But you've been doing one way for a while already.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so it's funny you said that because. When you, when you asked me for my social media, I haven't been on Twitter in a while, and I was like, I don't know if Good I'm going to go back. So like, Good for you. I was like, should I give it? I don't know if I'm going to go back or not. So I was a bit confused, but then I <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I think I'm constantly like asking myself how do I want to use this? But then there are nice things, like, you know, there are places. Right now I'm enjoying sort of the the, the ones where there's a reason, like maybe it's an app where I can like, practice the language with someone that speaks the language. Mm-hmm. Like I have the connection, but a bit like I don't know. It's it just feels bad and just going on and just scrolling and you know. So I I'm still I, figuring out my relationship. <laughs> uh,
0: me too. Me too. I left Twitter this week. It was my uh, like New Year's resolution. I'm like I'm leaving. Uh, I'm out. Uh, I can't do this any. And I because I was barely doing it.
1: Yeah,
0: and yeah. then all the things were happening, and it's just like uh, this is. I got to a point where I was using one of those third party things where you sort of automate your posts. So okay. I was already planning my posts. And then I was like, this is crazy. I've invented, I have this like avatar in this cyberspace and now I'm training another bot to go interact with it on my behalf. This right? is, I was like, what am I doing?
1: Yeah. <laughs> this, is,
0: this is like mirrors within mirrors within mirrors yeah. within portals. Yeah. And I'm like,
2: I think maybe you just don't
0: want to do this
2: and <laughs> you're sending robots. <laughs> and, and it's funny, like, what, but the fact that you're still, like, you feel like you have to, because I, I know that thing, And I was like, they're not even paying me to be here. So why do I feel this need, like, <laughs> my job? Like, why do I feel this need to, you know, there are times where I felt like I was grudgingly going on and I was like, what what's happening, you know? So yeah. I was like, and then the, the couple of days where I just went, up. I wasn't even trying to, like, leave, because there are moments where i leave for a while. But lately I wasn't really trying to leave, but I think the weather changed, it was like fall. I felt like I just wanted to just sort of get into fall. And then I was like, I was like everything feels a bit more alive. And mm. then I was like, hmm, I'll do this for a while, you know, so, you know, I'm not yeah. gonna make it an announcement. I'm not sure if, if it's oh, forever, yeah, but yeah. for now, like it feels good, I'm like, why don't I just keep doing it, like,
0: you know. I think it's it's amazing that we make announcements. I do like and I've done it and and I'm guilty you know I just did that I made an announcement on Instagram like we're taking a mid-season break um why did I do that who am I announcing this to like like, just so many questions that we like you were saying they're not even paying me and yet you feel like you owe this thing so much so much that you have to make an announcement about why you're not using it yeah and it's like it's not your parents (laughs) like you don't have to explain why you're not showing up (laughs) and but what we do like all of us we do this and this is what I mean about like interconnectedness like I'm like it's too much Mm. now I owe strangers Mm. do I why do I feel that way what's mm. like I it's not no one's doing this I'm doing this you know we're doing this so why why are we doing this I don't know if we've had time to ask ourselves really
2: yeah and for me, it just feels like, uh, maybe also like in terms of creating, like I need to sometimes go to places where it's almost like I've closed all the windows and mm. everything just feels like it comes alive more. I can think mm. to like just state and then I'm like, okay, things, I don't know. So all of a sudden my imagination is like putting some sort of limits on it allows other parts of it to like flourish. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe also just the weather, you know, as it's getting cold, I just felt like that was the season to to go into that space. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm for it and I want to do it too. I'm gonna yeah, do it. I wish you are the you. best with it. <laughs> it's it's hard. Some of it it's hard. Like I am like I'm not gonna open it. And then I open it and I'm like, this evil thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know
1: what's wrong with me.
0: Um so what's what are you working on now? What's next? What should we like keep our eye out for?
2: my writing. Um, honestly I feel like I'm, I'm editing a lot of things. I'm, I'm definitely editing a story that deals with so sort of, again, that kind of place, like someone's relationship with place. Mm. Um, I'm editing I'm just editing a lot of things and then when I have time and so then when I see something interesting, I'll be like, hmm, maybe I should submit it. And it gives me some inspiration to like, like make time to like mm-hmm. edit it. So I think some short stories, some poetry. Um
0: yeah, that's what I would
2: say. Okay. Yeah. And since you may or may
0: not be on social media, can we mm-hmm. find this work on your website? Or where can we like find 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 you if you're not gonna post about it? <laughs>
2: Um, well, I put, I still have my, um, I, I have a link tree on my Twitter page and okay. it just has, you know, sort of all my work and my writing. I also have a, I started writing on a blog recently. So oh yeah. Yeah. Just the substack blog. I, I don't write on it regularly, but if I had new things out, I would um, share it there. So. Okay.
1: So I'll make sure I to click to on the link tree. <laughs>
2: I hope, I hope that's helpful. <laughs> Let me know if you need something more specific.
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to think of what to put, like, you know, in the credits here so people can can follow you or
2: or in yeah, some way can, can have Twitter. access to your work. Yeah, you can put my Twitter and they can, you know, they'll, they, I'm sure they'll find my writing and I can, I feel like I need a page of things I've written on, mm. on my link tree so I might add that. But yeah, you could put my Twitter handle for now. Okay. Sorry. You're like, for now. Yeah, okay. so, for <laughs> like, for now.
0: <laughs> yeah no, I'm going to definitely put the link tree in there too. Just be like, she may never come back here, guys. And you understand. So go to this other place because the internet is scary. <laughs> and sometimes you need a break. No, well, I think everybody's at that place. I do. And I... And I also and I wonder about the generation that has never known a world without the internet,
2: yes, and
0: and like what is that like?
2: Yeah. Do they know
0: that they can just unplug? Hmm. If there's never been a world without it, how do you know?
2: Yeah, I, but I think like um, I'm hearing like the sites that announced there was the social media site that was all about like kind of posting yourself without any makeup or sort of being ruined. Oh, wow. I, I heard that Instagram. Was it Instagram? Anyway, one of these popular platforms was trying to do. So I think that it's shifting a little bit. I think it's shifting. They, they, I think they've, mm. or I would like to think maybe they've max. they're starting to max out on sort of the over inundation yeah. and they're going to have to look for other ways to differentiate themselves. So that's what I'd like to think. So let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Wow. But, um, it's, it's been very nice because I feel like I'm just having a conversation and in my mind I'm like maybe I should actually be more perfect. <laughs> no, no, please like, oh, I don't. don't know what links to No, 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 no.
0: I um I like that's how I roll with and so most of these author interviews are conversations. Yeah. Um and then I, you know, I go back and work a little magic, put little some songs and things in it. But <clears throat> I'm glad that you said that because that is how I want you to feel. And that's how I want everybody to feel when they talk to me. Like we're just yeah. having a good conversation. There's some questions, but then there's some things that will come up. Yeah. We'll go on tangents. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, the whole point is for people to get to know you and yeah. to know your work and know where to find it. And for you to get yeah. fans or at the very least people yeah. that listen to this story in this episode yeah. and love, love this story, you know? Yeah. Um, but the point of the podcast is that is that there's a lot of authors working in speculative fiction and horror, mm. and they don't always get their flowers. Mm. And so we're that's what we're here to do, to like uplift and be mm. like, Hey, did you hear about so and so? This story is great. Go see more of their check out more of their stuff. Uh, especially if people are like, Hey, I wanna read new perspectives and new mm. learn about other people's boogeyman. Where do I go? It can be mm. Because the internet is vast, as you were saying, and it's inundating. Like you can Google that, and then just be like uh, drowning in, in, in suggestions. So, I hope that people will like it, listen to to Black women are scary and for this reason. Just like, oh, I can get a recommendation really easy. If I just like listen mm-hmm. to this, learn that's about some great.
2: people, and that's that's very important work. Like I'm doing, I'm going to re- find it as well because I would love to hear that people are doing so thank you
0: thank you for tuning in support spooky black chicks with a tax deductible contribution through the link in the bio or by leaving a rate and review tune in next week for our flash fiction episode with writer richard Larson whose fiction has been adapted into an Emmy-winning episode of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Till next time. time.